This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. The Knicks are back on the winning track. The Yankees win. The Mets, well, they do it to Jacob DeGrom again. We'll explain right now. one 800 919 That's the number to join us on this Wednesday night edition of ESPN New York Tonight. Along with Jake the Snake and Brian McGear, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie Fitzsimmons preparing you for the NFL Draft on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Gordon. Lar- is the draft tomorrow? I hadn't heard. Yes. It's really flown under the radar this year. Yes. Finally. Finally, we can see just how right you are. Oh, top six picks. I nailed it. Although there has been some movement. I'll save it for later. There has been with one of those six picks. It seems like maybe there's the uh, opportunity to uh, maybe make a little coin with a little bit of an upset in the top Ooh. six picks. So we'll get to that a little bit later. Ooh, promo code Gordon. There promo code, code, code Gordon. Gordon, yes. let me just tell you this. Thank God I'm a Nick fan. thank god i'm a nick fan because tonight my jaw would be tight they did it to him again ladies and gentlemen i was texting gordon during the game i'm like this this lack of run support for Degrom is unbelievable it is unbelievable it's an automatic (laughs) i mean usually you get you get some fluctuation something doesn't happen every single time right i mean especially in baseball. Baseball is the sport where you could watch for 40 years and something you've never seen before happens in a game on any given night. But for whatever reason it is, the Mets just never. Jacob deGrom, I've said it before, he's so good he can shut down both teams. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a, And listen, this Boston Red Sox team came in scoring runs, Gordon. They scored three runs in two games in sweep. So I got a couple of stats for you. Uh, maybe you've, you've heard of I think uh, Gary uh, Cohn had one of them on the broadcast. Tonight mm-hmm. was DeGrom's 33rd start yes. where he worked six-plus innings and allowed one or fewer runs and mm-hmm. failed to pick up the win. Yep. 33rd career start where he worked six-plus innings. That's eight more than any other pitcher in Major League Baseball since uh, 2014. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. And then the other stat that I had, he is going to finish the month of April with 59 strikeouts and an ERA of 0.51. It's the 279th time since earned runs became official that a pitcher has at least 55 strikeouts in a month. DeGrom's ERA is the lowest uh, of any of them. And he's uh, two and two, right? Two and two. He's got two losses. (laughs) It's incredible. We got exactly what we expected tonight, though, Larry. We got the Knicks. You have come to expect them to win games. That's That's exactly what they did. You've come to expect the Yankees beating the Orioles like they do, hitting some home runs, right? You expect Jacob DeGrom to go out there and be the best pitcher in baseball. And also, you expect the Mets are not going to score a single run for him. 81 career starts, Gordon, of six-plus innings, where he has allowed no more than one run. Only 48 of the 81 have resulted in wins. It's crazy. It, it, it's, not, <laughs> it's not even that he loses them all. It, they don't even win the games. It, no. right? like it, it's crazy that, like, all right, he's out of the game. He doesn't get the win, but at least the team gets the win. No, they don't. They don't I, win either. I, I, <laughs> how do you explain that? I mean, there's no explanation, right? No Although explanation. It's, such, it, it's such a large sample size now that there has to be so, – I mean – 
Usually in baseball, when something fluky happens, you chalk it up to the small sample site. Well, I mean, right. I don't know what could what could it be. Are they pressing? Has it become a thing where it started out one way and now they're pressing so much when he starts to score runs? Could that be possible? It just seems bizarre that it it seems to happen almost regu- almost every single start. Exactly. See, if he was facing, if you're telling me that every time out he faces the opponent's best, he's facing a Kershaw, he's facing a Garrett Cole, he's facing. Okay, I can understand it. I would understand the dueling pitchers. You're not going to see a whole lot of runs scored. Your offense is struggling. You're not winning. He's not. Listen, no, no, no disrespect to Pavetta tonight. Come on, Gordon. Really? Yeah, I mean, Pavetta's had a decent year, but he's you know, a, you thought in the first inning he had a couple of guys on, yeah. nobody out. You think, okay, this is right. It can't go on. I can't keep going on, right? <laughs> and then they get out of that inning. And you figure, all right, well, at least you, you you put a couple of guys on. Lindor was on in the first inning, and then it was like the, the bats went to sleep. There were not too many. There was one other threat. Was it the seventh inning, the eighth inning, when Dom Smith kind of hit a little dribbler in front of the plate that uh, mm-hmm. was the third out of the inning? It, yep. The Mets, I mean, we have focused so much on the Yankees' issue scoring runs, and it, look, they have been atrocious up until the last couple of games. Thank God for the Baltimore Orioles, huh? Oh, yes. Um, but uh, the Mets' issue scoring runs are just as pronounced. It is. It, it's unbelievable. Two hits tonight, Gordon. Two hits. Alonzo and McNeil. That's it. That's it. Uh, that's Two hits. That, that, that's it. All night. And listen, that Red Sox bullpen is outstanding. You can see why they're 16 and 9. Their bullpen is outstanding. Now, I will preface that by saying I know the Mets aren't hitting, but 16 and 9 is 16 and 9, Gordon. So they, they were winning before they came in here. Yeah, you know, I was uh, I was kind of hoping the Mets would be able to take one of the two, right? Like, is you know, you don't want the Red Sox getting too much of a of a head start here, and mm-hmm. we don't think that they're going to have this amazing season. But with Alex Cora back now, you know, I don't want to have to be chasing them down uh, for for too long. But um, yeah, the Mets just have not been able to figure out how to get some some runs on the board. Even the guys who have actually been hitting did not hit tonight. Nimmo mm-hmm. and uh, J.D. Davis. And, um, you know, it's, it's puzzle. You know, the one thing that I've looked at the lineup, and not that it's – I mean, the lineup is, is – I mean, you, you take a look at it. There's mm-hmm. no reason why they're not scoring runs. It is a little strange to me that McNeil – is hitting so far down in the order. You'd mm-hmm. like to see maybe make him get a little bit higher up, but it's kind of hard to do unless you're going to move Lindor down to three, Alonzo down to four, and then bump everybody down. And with McNeil struggling the way it is, or the way he is right now, you're not going to do that. So No, you're not going to move him. You're stuck with him. He's 204. With a hit tonight. <laughs> he's 204. Yeah, he's up to 204, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. That's, so That's not great. He just has not been able to hit the he's not been able to hit the baseball and that's weird out of out of every Conforto, okay, you know, you figure contract stuff like that, but McNeil has been the guy that's been hitting ever since he's been up. Yeah, and and it's weird as well is that the Mets are striking out a bunch. They are, uh, you know. I mean, they struck out fifteen times tonight, yeah. and um, they're not really a team that is going to strike out that. You know, they're not. Uh, they hit their home runs, but they're not. Uh, they're not the Yankees, right? Like right. the Yankees, you, they strike out a bunch of times. You understand? They got a bunch of guys who are swinging for the for the fences, but mm-hmm. the Mets are a little bit more play to contact, especially with Nimmo and Lindor and, and McNeil. And yet they're striking out a bunch as well right now. So uh, and more booze tonight for Francisco Lindor. So that's not uh, until he starts to get going. More booze like for Lindor. Some some booze for Conforto. 
so, you know, they're not hitting. I mean, Conforto's 219. He showed some signs a couple of days. Now he struck out three times tonight. So, you know, they're just not making contact. And, and listen, and Boston struck out 15 times as well. So yeah, it was really But they were going up against DeGrom. You understand that, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And even after he left, they, they, they were striking D, out. I'll say this. Diaz, I mean, I know you mentioned it last night. Diaz looked really good tonight. He looked more like the Seattle Diaz goal. Yes, yes. His pitches were, were sharp and on point. Unfortunately, you got to get a run. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't find one. Or two. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you were 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position, and that was it. Yeah, that was because the, there weren't many on. No, no. You had, the, you had the two. You had basically two innings where you had a couple of guys on and uh, didn't do anything. And, and you would have thought after the first inning, but maybe when you're slumping, if you don't score in the first inning, maybe you feel like, oh, here we go again. Mm-hmm. You're right. All right, before we talk next, Gordon, come on, let, let, let's hear it. You you deserve it. Talk about your Yankees. Power, some power, some home runs. I will Domingo just Herman say. Domingo is pitching very well, Gordon. He's pitching you know, they, very they, well. They have that sign that Derek Jeter used to touch about, uh, thank God for making me a New York Yankee. I have <laughs> yes. a sign in my basement that says, thank God for creating the Baltimore Orioles, because that's <laughs> what the Yankees have needed here. A couple of games against the Orioles to get going. That Camden Yards, they love hitting down there. So, uh, look, I don't think they're out of the woods yet. I mean, mm-hmm. they're still making mistakes on the base paths. Clint Frazier had one tonight. But I will say this, and, and look, it's, it might be part of going up against the Orioles, but they are hitting the ball far harder right now. Mm-hmm. And I know people don't want to hear about exit velocity and that kind of stuff, but if you hit the ball hard more times than not, it, you, you're going to get the payoff. That's why people track how hard mm-hmm. people hit the ball. So right. Gio Urshela had a big hit tonight. Glaber Torres had a couple of hits tonight, so maybe he's starting to finally uh, return to Glaber Torres. Giancarlo Stanton had three hits. LeMayhew is getting going a little bit. So those four guys, uh, Mike Ford actually had a home run. I don't, you know, I don't expect too much out of him. And Clint Frazier, the uh, the the former the artist formerly known as Clint Frazier, <laughs> finally had a couple of hits tonight, including a home run after his mm-hmm. mistake on the base path. So I think this is largely about the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, but I'll tell you, right when you're when you're starving, if it's if it's a, a cracker, you don't care what kind of cracker it is. You're just thankful to have something to eat. So I, I will take it right now. Two games under 500. Another game against the Orioles tomorrow. So hopefully they can make it another win. You know what? I, I would rest Judge tomorrow too. Well, why bring him back? Why right? bring him I back? Mean, you, you don't know? need him. Look at look, look no, you've got. Right. I put the exact same. No, I'm just saying, put the exact same lineup out there, Gordon. Let's see. Let's see it again. Well, Let's do you it know again. what? They, they, there was one guy that was back in the lineup uh, again today that was in the lineup yesterday. Now, he didn't have any hits today. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. We talked about it last night. Strange a little bit that uh, Higashioka is behind the plate and Corey mm-hmm. Kluber has his best outing of the year. Mm-hmm. And then tonight, Domingo Herman, I mean, he looked sensational. His mm-hmm. stuff was jumping all over the place. Seven yep. innings. He gave up just three hits. He struck out six. No home runs, which has been the bugaboo for him, especially, you know, playing in a, a small ballpark like that. No issues for him tonight. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was back-to-back really good outings. And it's funny because I heard – I used to hear on the on the broadcast, especially in the post-game stuff, about how great that Gary Sanchez was at framing pitches. But now I heard tonight about how great Kyle Agashiosha, Kyle Agashiosha is at, at framing pitches. So – Maybe that's another thing that Gary does not have the, you know, like if you're comparing the two guys and there's a check in one column, there's not a che- I think there's a check in, in Higgy's column as well. Well, the other thing I heard about Higgy from David Coney, he said it two nights in a row, Gordon, is they didn't have to change his position on catching 
Like they changed Gary Sanchez yes. and made him t- put the leg out to come. They didn't have to do that with Hickey. He was a great defensive catcher from the beginning. I said, "Oh boy, <laughs> right, Gary yeah. Sanchez." Uh, how, once the, again, Gordon, the, the don't think I'm going to say. Yeah, Gary, how do you I, play him? Yeah, how do you I, play him? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, look, he will get. It's a long season. I'm sure he's going to get some play. He might be in there tomorrow because it's the day Why? game after the night game. Why would um, you play him? I would uh, play him. Day game after a night game, I don't have a problem. You know, maybe resting the catcher. You know, um, who's pitching tomorrow? Is it uh, is it Montgomery tomorrow? I think it's Montgomery tomorrow. Should be Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, if it was going to be uh, if it was going to be Cole, I would say, well, it's going to you know, it's going to be Higashioka again. But mm-hmm. look, I don't want to write the guy off completely. But at this point, that's the way it's trending, and someone should go to Gary and let him know that that's the way it's <laughs> trending, because sometimes Gary is not the best at you know reading the signs along the way. So uh, his time is even in April. If you're not going to hit and you're not the defensive catcher that the other guy is, and the other guy, even at his worst, right, like his career averages are not that much different from what mm-hmm. Gary has done here the last season and, and, and last year. Right. So then why the hell would you be playing at all? I mean, now he'll get some run because he's the, if he's going to be the backup catcher, he'll play once in a while, maybe once a week. But until he shows that he can hit a fastball, you're not going to be back being the starting catcher anytime soon. If you're not going to be the starting catcher here, uh, good luck someplace. Uh, you know, uh, maybe there'll be another team that will take a chance on him because of the potential of, of, uh, of years ago. But mm-hmm. it seems like his career is kind of going down the drain here. Gordon is very simple. I'm going with the hot guy. You're not hot. What do you want me to do? I got to win games here, Gordon. Well, look, it's, I'm not, on even about, it's not even about hot. You know what it is? Like when Higashioka is behind the plate, I don't worry about it. No, of course when not. Gary, when Gary's behind the plate, I'm always kind of holding my breath a little bit. You know, I'm always kind of watching it. It's always on my mind. And you got you that Zach to... Britton feeling, don't you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's always it's always there. So yeah. when Higashioka's back there, you can just kind of, oh, yeah, right. And, yeah, everything's and good. Yep, everything's good. good. We're all good. 1-800-919-3776. We'll get to your calls in a minute. Gordon, the Knicks had a fabulous first quarter and a fabulous fourth quarter. And in the middle... They gave me a little agita. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me a little agita. They were rolling. They're up. They're down. Big lead. They lose it. Big lead. They lose it. They're getting manhandled in the paint. I'm like, and boy, you know what? Chicago's got a big front line. When they put that big front line in there, they dominate down there. They do. And then they've got, you know, marketing who can shoot the three. And, and R.J. Barrett's trying to defend him, marking in seven feet, Barrett's 6'6". Six, six. I'm like, that's not going to work, <laughs> you know, and he's just going out there for threes. Uh, he had 14 points in 25 minutes. But, you know, listen, here's the bottom line. Knicks found a way to win. They, they were leading 32-19 in the first. They were back and forth, back and forth. They scored 37 points in the fourth quarter, game, set, match. Yeah. I mean, we have come to kind of come to expect big fourth quarters out of the Knicks, right, if they're mm-hmm. down, if they're up. And think about, I know we brought this up a thousand times, think about the change from last year to this year or the past few years. Even in a game like that where the Knicks were leading, what would you be thinking the entire fourth quarter? They're going to blow it. They're Mm going to lose. I got to be honest with you, at no point tonight, even when the Bulls were making their run after run after run, I never felt like the Knicks, you know what, they're going to blow this game. They have built up a little bit of credit in that they can close games in the fourth quarter. They did that during the win streak. They did that Mm -hmm. tonight. And uh, I guess the, the number one star is probably Julius Randle because he mm-hmm. bounced back in a big way, but not 
far behind or right next to him was Emmanuel Quickly because yeah. during that fourth quarter he had that six or seven minute stretch where he, he you know scoring left and right and that was a big boost and and you saw him and Toppin tonight I thought played really really mm-hmm. well so he's putting you know, some kinda, he's putting some good games together Toppin yes he is you know for a season that seemed like it was going to be a lost season at least. I mean, imagine if you can get something out of him moving forward, right? Yeah. Like, if you can start to count, you know, I'm not expecting big minutes or big points or anything like that, but just 10 minutes a night where he comes in and is a factor, that's a big plus to add to this team that seems to be trending in the right direction now with nine games to go before the playoffs. And tonight, I think, I heard, um, uh, I heard Mike Breen say it, that with this win tonight, the Knicks can finish no lower than 10th. Mm-hmm. So now the, the the goal is obviously higher than the play-in, but to know that you have that at least, that yeah. is a major, major step in the right direction for this season. It's been a good year so far. Hopefully it continues. It's been a good year. Uh, this road trip is coming up, Gordon, but this is, this is the one. It's this there. Is... It's, 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 it, there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. But I think that they have built up a little bit of credit with me that I am not going to expect doom and gloom. I, get I, would, you. I, I hear you. You know what? I would be really surprised if they went out on that road trip and went one and five. I agree. You know, mm-hmm. two and four, I would even be a little bit surprised. I, I'm almost kind of expecting, you know, something like a three and three. And I don't even, you know, with the way that they've played and the way and the competition that they're going up against, they've played the best of the teams that are vying for that fourth spot. Mm-hmm. And even if they were to go two and four, I don't know if any of those other teams, I don't know their schedules all up and down. I don't know if any of those other teams are going to get red hot to overtake the Knicks. I agree with you. And and I think the other part of it is you can see that they're learning from the games, the real close games, and they're doing, I think, a better job. And we talked about the fourth quarter. They're doing a better job in trying to lock in. Okay, it's winning time. Time for us to get in here. Let's turn the defense intensity up. Let's let's focus. Let's get the ball to Randall. Let's do what we need to do quickly. As you mentioned tonight, it was quickly previously had been rolls in the fourth quarter and that's what they do. And so uh, once again, as your competition gets better, Gordon, you know, you have to make the adjustments and the playoffs are a different game, but of these six games are going to tell you a lot about this team. And listen, the good news was that Alec Burks is now getting, has been, you know, uh, is able to come back from his uh, COVID protocol. And now he's going to get into shape to work out. It's another score you got coming off the bench, which you could sorely use. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the stat that gave the, the, they had on the broadcast tonight that I thought was absolutely stunning. I don't know if you heard this. The Knicks are now fifth in the NBA in three-point <laughs> shooting. Unbelievable. Three-point shooting percentage. That's, is that's that more incredible than the record. That's more incredible than Julius Randle. That is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. That they are yeah. fifth in the NBA in three-point shooting. I couldn't get over that. I had the to Knicks. Uh, the Knicks <laughs> this year. Wow, that's incredible. I I took know. my breath away for a second. I was like, what? I gotta be honest. I rewound it to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I made a mistake. I thought yeah. I thought he was talking about three-point defensive percentage. That's right. what I thought he was talking about. So I went back and said, Really? They're scoring? They're fifth in the league? I said, man, the league must be struggling. <laughs> if they're but, but in a league where that that has taken over the league, clearly, and everybody realizes the value of the three-point shot, the, the mm-hmm. fact that this group has become that good. Yeah. Three-point shooting. Boy, oh, boy. And that was the surprising thing to me during the, the win streak, that they were, you know, 42 a night. It, yeah. it was crazy, but... It seems like it's a um, it's it's just part of the part of their game now, I guess. 
It is. It really is. Let's begin with Corey and Clifton. Corey, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Hey, Corey. Uh, Larry, you know, I, I called you before the season, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I, you know, it was right before the season when, when all the guys, the, all the All-Stars were signing with other teams. And I said, you know, I'm sick of this. No one wants to come to the Knicks. Um, you know, let's, let's roll with the young guys. Let's roll with Randall. Let's roll with, with Barrett um, and and Tibbs. And it's worked out. And, and it's great to see because I think, you know, you know, before the season, people, you know, said, oh, you know, you know they're, they're going to win 22 games this year, 23 games this year. And look where we are. We're, we're on the cusp of the – you know, right now we're in sole possession of the four seed in the East, right? Yep. I think that at this point – it's, and that is the goal. Get that four seed. Listen, we don't even want to win the championship this year, right? We don't have the star power. That that we understand that as Knicks fans. But get that four seed. Win win a win the first round playoffs uh, series, right? That gives you confidence. And and who knows? You never know. You go go to the second round. You play the six. You play the you play the Nets or the Bucks. Whoever you know, it, 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 at least it's exciting. And it's, it's exciting to be a Knicks fan again for the first time. Carmelo and, and Tyson Chandler and those guys, and, and it's wonderful to, to go in every night expecting to finally win games. And Julius Randle is just on another level. I can't even, you know, it, it's night and day what he looked like last year from this year. When he shoots a three this year, Larry, I think it's going in every single time. Mm-hmm. That's how good he's been this year. It's amazing. Corey, he's been phenomenal. Thanks for the phone call. The Knicks have been great. And Gordon, I'm going to tell you this. I don't want just any free agent come walking in here now. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? I I, want to make sure you get the right guy. You don't have to just settle for people now. You have a young nucleus with sprinkled with veterans, which is the way you build your team, and that's what you want. Don't just let anybody come here now just to to say we got a name. You can really now be a bit more selective, Gordon. Yeah, the the time for desperation has passed. Like You could understand that in the past when they had nothing going and they just had money and they wanted somebody to come here and kind of save them from themselves. But no, you've proven now that you're starting to build something. You're proving now that you can take the, the guys that you have and, and not just improve them, but the, the best versions of themselves, right? Like how much better could Julius Randle be than the player he has been this year? So, yeah, no, you don't have to go out there and, and beg somebody to take your money. And, that, and that's always been the, the, the rub, right? Like mm-hmm. the, for the Knicks to get better, they had to get more talent. But to get more talent, they have to get better first. Well, they've done the hard work. This is what we've said. They're not going to get anybody in free agency until they prove that they can build something of an infrastructure in terms of talent and, and a roster. And they've done that. So yeah, no, they don't have to, they don't have to go out there and there's not a great free agent class this year to begin with, but they don't have to go. They can be a little bit more choosy than they've been in the past, which has not been choosy at all. Absolutely. So now when you're looking for another scorer to go with Carmelo, you don't have to take Bagnani from Toronto. And <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. you can do <laughs> right. better. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can upgrade. You can say, you know what? We'll wait. Let's just get some more players. We'll, we'll find another veteran or something. Maybe you know somebody like that, and and we'll just we'll continue. We don't have to be begging people for marginal talent just because you know at thirty one, thirty two years of age. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. We don't have to do that anymore. No, absolutely. I mean that's that's what you you were having to do before because nobody wanted to come here because they knew the situation was kind of hopeless. Now, you, you, I mean, if you end up, forget it, just the top four seed, a top six seed, and think about it, in, in one year, mm-hmm. going from an after, you know, last year when the COVID thing hit, 
The Knicks were so bad, it was just like, eh, we're, don't worry about those games. You don't have to, there's no more of those. You guys aren't coming to the bubble or anything. Now they're going there, and they might have very well have home court advantage in the opening that? round of the playoffs. Can you imagine that? I can't. It still is. I mean, uh, of, uh, it, it, it's been a bizarre season that it has been this. It's almost like a dream. This is what yeah. the dream is, right? Like you wake yeah. up and all of a sudden things are going in the right direction. Players are playing with purpose and focus. And the team is no longer a laughing stock. And, and to think that they could be the fourth. There were times this year, even when the stuff was going on. And Tom Thibodeau was here and Rip Randall was playing as well as we. If somebody had floated to me, they're going to be a four seed this year. Oh, all right, calm down. Let's not get carried away. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still work to do. They're still not that talented. But, man, oh, man, nobody gets more out of less than – I mean, if they're not as talented as, as we kind of think that they're not the most talented team in the world, boy, oh, boy, they, they're squeezing a heck of a lot out of guys that are maybe aren't the, 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 the greatest collection of individual talents in the league because if you're, if you're sitting at four – that, I mean, that is just that, – that might be the most impressive thing the Knicks have done in 20 years. Could be. You're right. Spike is in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, you're next on 98.7. I feel like the after-game stringer, you know, <laughs> the old stringer that covered the games yeah. uh, on a 1099. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what I saw tonight. Of course, uh, alone, uh, both you guys. Larry, sorry about the glam. I wish he played for the Dodgers in a way. I mean, I want the Mets to lose him, but that's, that's a shame. That really is a shame, man. The Yankees, Gordon, thank God for Baltimore. We'll see. Yes. So here's what I saw tonight. I never, ever for a second, thought they were going to lose that game. Not a split second. And here's how it went. But we saw it. I don't want to recap it for you. But uh, the bench was nothing in the first half. They came out on the second half. I looked at the schedule. I think the number's 38. I looked at Miami, which I want to avoid like the plague. Mm-hmm. And I looked at, uh, uh, who's the other two? Uh, Boston and, uh, and, and Atlanta. Now, uh, th- I looked at all their games. They play each other a few times. You want to avoid Miami, and you, want, like, you really want to avoid Miami. Uh, Atlanta looks like they would uh, come a couple of games short, both Boston and Atlanta. Now, I told Brian when he picked up, uh, I'll take the Celtics on and play them in the parking lot. That's the way I feel about the Celtics, you know. And I'll uh, I'll use all my fouls up with Kevin Knox in the first quarter. So I got it. But uh, <laughs> they uh, they just know how to win now. They know how to win without a point guard. And uh, it was a, just a very interesting game because uh, they seem to be opening up leads early and then faltering and getting close and then having big fourth quarters. We haven't seen that since twelve thirteen. Am I right? No, you're right, and and they, it just seems as though they have this attitude now of not that they're taking teams easy or you know because it's the NBA every team has runs, but it just seems as though you know what okay it's time to play defense and let's lock it down and let's win this game, and that's what they yeah. did in the fourth quarter tonight. Okay, all right, it's twenty-seven yeah. twenty-four in the third period. We third quarter we right. gave they they outscored us. That's it. No more. We want to win this game. Let's go. And that's what they did. did. They have how many turnovers? Did they have more than four or five turnovers? They had uh, they had four turnovers. All right. Well, that's got to be a season low. So and Chicago you're had not lose it. You're not there. You're not going to lose many NBA games with four turnovers. No, you're, you're not. Not. And, and yeah. Spike, so forty four percent from three tonight. Twelve of twenty seven. Yeah. I'm 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 flummoxed that they uh, a fifth or fourth or fifth, sixth and shooting threes. I don't know where that happened. I don't know what happened to Julius Landle. Landle he went to a farm planet or something and came back. 
Barrett, you know, he's, he's doing what he's doing. Tonight he had a good game. Last two nights he tried to bully the ball through the post. And that's not getting anywhere. Right. And the backcourt, it's with the exception of tonight, Rose has played magnificently. Mm-hmm. He just looked a little tired tonight. and quickly did it tonight. It's always another guy. It seems yeah. mostly Randall. But if you look at the schedule carefully, Gordon, you may be right at two and six. Uh, what is it, six games? Two and four, it will be okay. Uh, I don't want it. I'll take three and three right now. I'll take it. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Three, two and four will get, get the f- fourth or fifth seed. Uh, and and uh, the home court doesn't mean that much. I prefer it. But I just want to avoid Miami. And I looked, I think Miami and Boston have home and home or two at home, you know, the way they play that now. Yeah. So someone's going to lose there. It's going to be tough for the other three teams to get the 38. And I think that's, the, again, we're saying you're going to be, you know, you're going to lose to the much better teams. And that's the way it's, it's played out with the, all these condensed games. But uh, they sure played uh, really well tonight. I'll leave you with this. Let's not forget Leon Rose and the job he did. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. You're, you're right, Spike. You can't forget that. And you know what, Gordon? The other thing you can't forget is the fact that I know Steve Mills has taken a lot of heat. But Gordon, the one thing he didn't do is trade some of these draft choices. And so and he cleared some cap space. And so you were able to, you know, make some moves and have some 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 draft choices and some options available. So that helped you here, too. Yeah. No, I mean, look, if we're going to the the, the past names, the the not trading of draft picks that really started with the Phil Jackson era. And mm-hmm. uh, the era was filled with errors. Uh, but the <laughs> one thing that they that he actually did well was not because they used to be back in the day, not that long ago, the Knicks used to trade those those number one picks away like they were fun coupons, and they were just mm-hmm. kind of firing them off the boat. Uh, they would just give them away in deals for for nothing, and uh, they have stopped doing that. And that's a smart approach. And the Knicks have started to make a lot of smart decisions. And if you make enough little smart decisions, they eventually lead to some really big smart decisions. So. Look, the work is still to be done this offseason in terms of, of filling out the roster, but it's hard not to just envision where you're at right now and wonder if it's a dream because yeah. fourth in the East, 35 and 28. The Knicks have had a couple of years where they didn't win 35 games combined. Yeah, like over two or three years. Yeah. <laughs> right? You're right. They have it. They have it. If we could start up that men offense, Gordon, it would be nice. It, it's going to take something. Maybe you get uh, Mick Jagger and the guys in there. Oh, please. They can't, they can't do any worse. No. <laughs> take it that. <laughs> they cannot do any worse. That's been our topic of conversation since we joined you following the Knicks win over the Bulls. They've now won uh, nine of their last ten, the ten of their last 11. So uh, they're on the road. They head west. Uh, and we've been talking about the Mets. We're talking about the Yankees. Of course, in this hour, we'll take you around the ballparks. We'll hear from uh, both teams, both managers. I'm – I'm very, and we get to the calls in a second. Gordon, I'm very, I'm very curious to hear what Aaron Boone's got to say tonight. Answers with Aaron. It's it's yes. become a weekly, it's become a nightly segment where we, <laughs> where we have some questions about. Now we haven't had as many questions the last two nights because things have actually worked and mm-hmm. things have actually seemed like they make sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like putting all the good hitters at the top of the order and mm-hmm. and hoping maybe some of the guys down lower start to feed off of that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Having a guy a catcher who's not an automatic out. That makes sense. And can mm-hmm. catch the ball. That makes yeah. sense. So yeah. we have not needed as many answers with Aaron, but it's always good to have some answers with Aaron. Oh, as always, it always is. And uh, from, you know, always good to hear from uh, from Rojas as well to see if he's, uh, you know, 
playing the shrink, trying to get his batters to uh, hit the ball because <laughs> they've been struggling. <laughs> really yeah, it is struggling. very odd. You know, it's, it, the two teams have different approaches, but yet both have <laughs> same results. Same results. <laughs> At least not for the Yankees tonight. We'll talk about them in a couple of minutes. Back to the phones with you, Sal's and Patterson. Sal, you're up next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. I've been a Mets fan since the beginning, and I'm very frustrated. Why can't they manufacture a run? In the first inning, is that would it be too embarrassing to baseball if they tried? What do you think about that? No, I don't Andy think Johnson he... used to do it with uh, Dwight Gooden when he was a rookie. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Well, I'll tell you this, Al, and thanks for the phone call. If if, if, if Jacob Degrom is batting, I'm not bunny with him. I'm telling him to swing away. <laughs> He's been hitting the ball better than some of the guys who are in the lineup every day. Once again, and I understand. The, you know, folks who've watched the game over the years, Gordon, it's let's move the runners over, let's play hit and run, let's bunt, let's sacrifice. That's not today's baseball. That's 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 not what they do. It's about when you bunt, you're throwing a bat, at, you're throwing a bat, or it's a wasted at bat. You don't want to do that. So, you know, although I will say this, and I know it's about exit velo and launch angle and home runs, but you know what, Gordon, a hit and run every now and then wouldn't kill you. Yeah, no, I mean, the the problem is that they just don't have that many guys that are getting hits right now, and it, it, they have a lot of guys who are just automatic outs. So, yeah. like, do you want to give up another out with bunt, like the first and second, right? They had first and second in the first inning with nobody mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. You're not going to bunt Pete Alonzo. Nope. Right? You're not going to bunt Michael Conforto. Nope. So when you got to through those two guys, then there's two guys on and, and now two out. So... When you have a bunch of guys who scoring is really, really hard and why you would want to give up one of your 27 outs to move guys slight into slightly better position when you have Mm -hmm. first and second and nobody out, here's your chance to break the game open because you have Jacob DeGrom on the mound. I don't want to get one run there. I want to get two. I want to get three. I want to finally, you know, put the game away a little bit in the first inning. So I'm not going to bunt with the. I know I'm going out on a limb here, Larry, but I'm not going to pee. You're not not bunged with those guys up. (laughs) Once again, you might. And and again, for for Rojas, he's like, even if he's thinking hit and run, I don't want to end the possible beginning. So once it gets a strikeout double play, the ending is done. Exactly. Exactly. Especially with Alonzo. He's a big strikeout guy. Now, if you were telling me it was first and second and Lindor was up, well, then, yeah, maybe I do try to do a little hit and run. Maybe I try and do something there, but not with Alonzo and Conforto. And unfortunately for the Mets, <laughs> those that was the only real scoring opportunity they That's had right. because the other time they had two guys on, it was already two out in the inning. That's it. Uh, Terrence is in Atlanta. Hey, Terrence, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, Terrence. Hello? Yeah, yeah what's Terrence, going on, what's buddy? up? Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Uh, first of all, let's trade Gary Sanchez. Let's get him out of this. You, know, <laughs> you think there's a big market for you know? Gary right now? You think a lot of teams are just, wait a second, well, the Yankees I mean, are getting rid of Gary get, Sanchez. You get you get what you can. We're just giving his outright release. Because, I mean, since that wow. rookie season, he's been going straight downhill. You know what I mean? Well, look, he's been terrible. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a whole lot of level of hope that he's going to turn things around, but buying, you know, selling he, low and buying high is not a strategy that's going to lead to much success. You know, or and thank God that Dolan is keeping his, keeping his hands off the Knicks. Chippendale's doing a great job. The Knicks are playing basketball. 
and, and you can't ask for nothing more, you know. And I see I see a four and two road trip. Wow. Listen, I like that, Terrence. Thanks for the phone call. I would love to see a four and two road trip, Gordon. Love I, it. I, I, and and with the way things have gone this year, I mean, I don't want to. I'm not expecting it, but I can't mm-hmm. rule anything out, right? Like we're talking no. about the Knicks are a good three point shooting team. They've got 35 wins. Uh, who who could rule it out at this point with the with the amount of surprising things they've been able to pull off this year? And I figured it out, Larry. 38 wins is how many they had the previous two years. 21 and 17, and they now have 35 this year. Yeah, it's it's a huge difference and. You know, the other thing is, why would he have to touch anything? It's wrong. They're winning. He has you know, to, and that, he that's another thing. It's a little unfair, out. though. Like, we don't – look, Mr. Dolan, he he hired the wrong people previously. But we don't know. He might be doing all the same things that he's always done, hired mm-hmm. people and left them to do whatever they wanted to do, and it just so happens that this time he hired the right guy. Well, we know he left Phil Jackson alone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And saw how that worked out. Right. And it's amazing. Everybody was saying, you know what? Leave Phil alone. And then Phil started making moves. Why isn't Dolan doing anything? (laughs) Well, you guys all wanted him not to do anything. Now you want him to do something. I mean, it's a little unfair. So I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's doing all the same things that he's always done. But at least this time, he's hired somebody who actually knows what he's doing. And Leon Rose and and Tom Thibodeau. And uh, so far, so great. Jan's in Yonkers. Hey, Jan, you're next on 98.7. Hi, how you doing, guys? Hey, Jim. Love your show. Thanks, man. Uh, I have two two statements to make. First of all, Shaq made a comment on the TNT postgame show in one of those games last week saying that the Knicks are not back. Mm-hmm. And okay. then uh, I wanted to tell ask you um, about Chris Paul and Devin Booker's attitude when they beat us last night. You know, there was a lot of trash talk and everything, mm-hmm. guys flexing their muscles. What is it about when these teams come in here to play us and they beat us that they have to show off and flex their muscles and everything? And thank you for taking my call. You're- you got it, Jan. Uh, well, look, it, it's it's competitive. Uh, there's a lot of trash talking. Chris Paul has been the trash talker from the day he stepped on the court in the NBA, <laughs> not just in State Farm commercials, <laughs> but also on the court. And it was a most of it was a back and forth game, and obviously there have been some conversation. You know, he, the, Leon Rose wanted to bring him here; he didn't want to come here, so there was all that was in the mix. I'm sure he heard it from some of the fans, so that got him going as well. And listen, the Knicks were a hot team, and they had won nine straight. And they, you know, you always want to be that team, Gordon, to come in and end a, and end a winning streak, especially in that in that team's uh, home court. So that was yeah. the trash talking. It's just simple. And, and and look, I don't want to get caught up in the the mecca of basketball and all those things, but it is New York City, and I think mm-hmm. that that's something to do with it. But I think it was mostly the fact that these are two teams. Knicks had won nine in a row. It was a back and forth game, and the Suns were able to make more plays down the stretch. Hard-fought game, and, and they got the win. So, I mean, they were allowed to talk then. Yeah, they are. So, it, it, it was. don't worry about that. It was. Listen, be happy that your team was in it because <laughs> they're a very good basketball team. Number two in the West. Okay, that's a, that's a really good Phoenix Suns team, and, and the Knicks were in that game, you know. And so, you know, you move on from there. Gordon, you and I will be chilling tomorrow night. We'll step away so you can. we'll bring you ESPN's uh, coverage of the NFL draft for round one. I so would we'll have been be... no use to you tomorrow night. Anyway, exactly, right? Tomorrow. You know what I mean? That's the way I looked at it. <laughs> you've, been doing, you've been filling out your draft 
Mock uh, draft is like, right? It's amazing. The Dolphins not only screw up drafts during drafts, they have now taken it to a new level where they can screw it up even before the draft by Uh-oh. trading down from three to 12 and then back up to six. There are two clear generate what people would say were generational talents in this draft. Mm-hmm. It's Trevor Lawrence and it's Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. And the Dolphins for a, a draft pick in, I think it's 2022 or 2023, they traded away the rights to get one of those two guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. my Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just absolutely sick about it. Absolutely sick. Wow. So the only way that I can respond is to try to make money off it. Now, the, the betting line on Pitts going forward to the Falcons, there's no value there anymore. It, it, it's a pretty clear-cut thing there. But the one, mm-hmm. you know, we talked last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago. Now, I don't remember what we said about the top six, but whenever it was, that, that top six looks pretty locked in. The only yes. change that I would make right now, it does look like in the last, I would say, 24 hours, there's been a lot of push from um, some of the NFL insiders that the mm-hmm. Niners are actually going to take Trey Lance. And it's hmm. not going to be Mac Jones. That the wow. people within the 49ers organization have actually convinced Kyle Shanahan to go off of Mac Jones and go to Trey Lance, which would be a very big surprise to me at this point that they're still deciding that. Hmm. But if you're looking for something that has some value, last check, the betting markets have not reacted to it, at least not yet. Uh, Now, I looked at it earlier today, and I think that Lance was like plus 350 to go um, at number three. Let me go uh, check. I'll get my FanDuel account up here quickly. Um, promo code Gordon. Yeah, if you're signing up for for for, for Handul, uh, please use promo code Gordon. Um, let's see what it is now. It might have dropped a little bit, but that's the one area I think that still has some some value. Mm. Um, it's at plus three forty. So if you bet ten bucks, say you want to throw mm-hmm. ten bucks on something that can make you some money, you win thirty four bucks. Okay. So that's uh, you know at three. That's where the intrigue starts. We've kind of known that for a while, that what quarterback are the Niners going to take? And it seemed like for a while, and I was kind of convinced it's definitely going to be Mac Jones. They're going with Mac Jones. But now all these different insiders are saying, you know what, it might very well be Trey Lance. And Mac Jones, you can't get any value picking him. So, And in the top five, you really can't get any value on any of them. Uh, but that one's one where you could definitely make a, make a mint. And I'll say this. I don't know what the Giants are going to do, but boy, oh boy, they've they've held it pretty close to the, the, the best of what, you know, now look, it's it's going to depend on who's available. But it seems like even the guys who cover the team are kind of all over the map. It could be it could be a receiver. It could be a lineman. It could be a cornerback. It could be uh, Micah Parsons from Penn State. There doesn't really seem to be a consensus coming from most of the guys who cover the Giants. Yeah, we'll get to the calls in a second. Going going back to the change, possible change from Mac Jones from uh, Mac Jones to Trey Lance, could it be that they're saying, you know what, we're going to give Jimmy G another chance, and this way we got Lance to play behind him. We yeah. don't have to rush him in there. And then, if you know, if whatever happens to Jimmy G, if he flames out, we'll bring the kid in the middle of the season. Because uh, it's going to be very difficult for them to move him anywhere. I mean, there's not a, a real market for quarterbacks to begin with at this point, right? Everybody's kind of got their guy. Uh, and Jimmy G is not the c- kind of player that is going to make people all of a sudden change their plan. So to move off of him uh, to, or to trade him would be very, very difficult. So I do think that that could kind of make sense. You, you start the season with Jimmy G, but then you have Trey Lance coming along and you would think that he would need, of all the guys, he would probably need the most experience uh, on, a, on an NFL roster before he's mm-hmm. really ready to go under center because of where he's coming from and the amount of time that he's played. 
Um, but it would be very surprising to me um, if they are able to move Jimmy Garoppolo anywhere because yeah. it would not seem like, you know, today you got uh, Teddy Bridgewater going to Denver, and it was basically just for to take the the, the, the uh, Panthers were just trying to find somebody to take the money off their hands mm-hmm. because they, there was no market for him. And he's he, he's a rely, you know, he would be, he, to me, he's a perfect kind of guy. Like if you don't really trust your starter all that much and you don't yeah. want to see your season get blown up, you have Teddy Bridgewater there. He, you know kind of what he is going to be when healthy. So mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't look like if you're not getting one of the quarterbacks at the top of the draft, it doesn't really seem like there's that many teams that are, climbing over each other trying to find a quarterback at this point yeah it makes sense it really does mike's in staten island hey mike you're next on 98.7 hey guys how you doing what's up hey, mike? mike first of all i just want to say what a difference a coach makes in new york tom Thibodeau. could you give him him enough credit man oh my god when he makes it back i love it and one other thing comparing these mix to the Knicks from uh 2012 and 13 these Knicks are our, our Knicks. We drafted them, R.J. Barrett, quickly. You know, it, it's just very enjoyable to watch. I love it. I love it. I think New York loves it. And imagine having all the 20,000 fans in the garden right now. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah, it would be crazy. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. Thanks, guys. All right, Mike. Thanks for checking in. Quasi's in the cab. Hey, Quasi, you're next on 98.7. Yes, Larry. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Man, we are in front of Boston Celtics. <laughs> yeah. How about that? You know, true great, man. I mean, the way they even played Phoenix, they could have won that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the ship is sailing straight. Just let it sail straight. Everything is clicking, you know? Yep. And just building it the way that we all wanted them to build it, you know? Yes. Now, I bet, I bet many superstars are dying to come and join them. You know, we like we could get our hands on Carl Anthony or something. We're, we're right there. We're right at the door. We're knocking at the door, you know. Hard yeah, we're work. close, Quasi. We're close. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. We're close. But once again, you don't have to be, be begging people to come. So, you know, we'll, and more people will come, Quasi, Gordon, the further they go in the postseason. If they're able to win a round and be competitive, okay, not saying win, be competitive in the next round, depending on the opponent, Gordon, I'm telling you, it, it will really be an attraction. And because I want my cake and eat it too, I'm just hoping that Dallas gets eliminated. So I can get that that another draft yeah. choice. <laughs> I, I think you're getting – look, get greedy, right? I mean, things yes. have going so well, you can get a little greedy. But, yeah, I think out of all of them, that one might be the greediest. <laughs> that might be the greediest. Although it would be t- – the only thing that would be better than that, could you uh, – now, this is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it certainly seems like to start the playoffs that James Harden will not be ready. Yeah. I mean, is that a safe assumption at this point? I would point, say right? so. I would say so. He's not remotely close. There's nine games left in the season. Could you imagine if the Knicks ever got into a playoff series against oh. the Nets and won oh. and beat the Nets? Oh. This, I mean, forget about a title. The, the, the Nick fan might go more crazy for that than anything they've ever seen in their life. Even a trip to the finals. They might You're go right. more crazy for that You're than right. anything that, that has happened at least since. Oh. 
That would be amazing. Oh, that would be that would be I, I would I would just love to see what that looked like. Oh, oh man. Craig's in New Rochelle. Hey Craig, you're next on ninety eight seven. Yeah, hey, great great show, guys. Listen, I'm at the Phoenix game Monday night with my son Curtis. First mm-hmm. time I've been to a Nick game in years. I'm sitting underneath uh the the bus bucket that uh, Chris Paul is shooting at in the fourth quarter. And you're talking about trash talking. I had a direct line down the sideline there, and Chris Paul wasn't trash talking with any players. He got in, into it with LL Cool J, who mm. had brought a rapper. I, they introduced him during the game. I think it was T Lips or something like that. But during the he, Chris Paul wasn't even playing early in the fourth quarter. Then he gets into it. He gets into the 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 trash talking with this uh, rapper and LL Cool J. In the last five minutes, every time Chris Paul went down the sideline to the other side where the Knicks were shooting and playing defense, he was talking directly to uh, LL and that rapper. And then mm-hmm. he came down and he, he remember that six shot he. He's he sunk uh, yeah. falling back. Yeah, he sinks that shot. He goes running down right to the right to them, right over, and he starts again. He's back into it and giving it to them, and they're giving it to him. Well, then he came down and he sunk another shot. Well, mm. the that's down. Chris Paul goes down the other end. They were sitting down and and uh, and very quiet. I'm just saying he was trash talking, but he was getting into it with them on the sidelines. Wow. Thanks, Craig. That's good to know. Thanks for checking in with that information. I mean, you know, Gordon, that's like uh, years ago. I remember working at another radio station doing morning drive sports. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there's a phone call at the front desk. The front desk security comes in. Larry, Larry, Spike Lee's on the phone for you. Spike <laughs> Lee's on the phone. This is the night after he and Reggie Miller were going oh, back and okay, forth. Oh, okay, sure, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, Larry, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So we put him on the air. He was like, no, I wasn't me. I didn't, I didn't incite him because everybody was blaming Spike. Oh, he's the reason. If Spike had been quiet, Reggie wouldn't right. have done that and scored. What did he have, 105 points right. in 10 minutes? It's, it felt like that, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was amazing. So the fans sometimes get the players going too, more, more so than the players. What, look, you find motivation wherever you can, right? So yeah, if, it, if right. it takes – now, is the rapper's name T-Lips? That doesn't seem like that's a real yeah, name, I don't, T-Lips. No, but... Well, you never know, but I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. He might he might have misheard him in the – you know, right. might have been a little distracted when they were yeah, doing maybe. the announcements. <laughs> this is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.